It's late. It's like 8.15. Is it 9 o'clock? No, my clock is wrong. It's because okay. I kept dropping it. Sure. That'll break a clock. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your clock is made out of a, a weight. So I went to London. And Big Ben is under construction and will be for several years. Still? I thought it had been... Still. How much of a facelift does he need? Apparently, he needs a lot of work. Oh, Benny Ben Ben. Well, I think when you're that old and you don't age well. I mean, that's going to be me in 20 years. (laughs) 20? God. Give yourself more credit than that. I don't know. I'm already 30. But with modern medicine, you think 50? okay. You don't need years worth of work when you're 50. White people don't age well. No. No. Even though you're gluten-free? I don't know if that helps with the aging. Well, I think in 20 years we'll... We'll do a comparison of my face with other gluten eaters' faces. Yeah, you can compare it with mine because I love them glutens. Mm. But I still love you. Oh, thanks. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot We made some gluten-free donuts for your wedding. We did. They were so good. They were very good. Chocolate. Mm, dipped. So good. We could only make like 15 at a time. Yeah, that was a little bit stressful. I low-key regret making six dozen donuts right before my wedding. Actually, no, it was amazing. If you get married and you don't regret anything, I think you didn't go big enough. Mm, yeah. Do you regret listening to BevMo's beverage calculator? I absolutely do. We have so much fucking wine. Mm-hmm. Still, still, why would you need 100 bottles of wine for several hours, BevMo? <laughs> you clearly like, lied How to many me. guests? Only like 110-ish people. So what is that? That we're each going to drink our own bottle of wine and every single person there is going to finish off a bottle? Grandma's getting drunk. Yeah. Yeah. The baby's drunk. The baby's drunk. That's what we did. We just put a, you know, a wine bottle in the stroller and we said, hey, yeah, one of baby's those big... crying too much. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that's what we're drinking right now is red wine. I don't know if this is particularly leftover from the wedding. But... Oh, it's all leftover. Yeah. Steph says it's $4 at BevMo. Woo woo. I feel like this sounds like product placement. Bevmo. Yeah. They don't sponsor us yet, but we'll no. drink their wine that we paid for. Yeah. Well, you paid for it. Bevmo, give me a call. Your beverage calculator is drunk. <laughs> Go home, Bevmo. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Note to self, if you're planning a wedding, you do not need to figure one bottle per every single guest you have. Unless your guests are all alcoholics, in which case, good call. Sure. <laughs> but each one of them needs to be an alcoholic. But you had like wine, cider, more cider, different varieties of wine. I feel like people didn't even drink that much either. No, because everyone was, it was like, you guys, this wedding was like gay prom. It was the best thing. I wore a bow tie and suspenders. And there were so many other people at the party with bow ties and suspenders. Yes, and that was vests. what was so great about it. Everyone was in their lesbian best. best. Oh, that best. was cute. Oh my gosh. So <sighs> good. So it good. It was the gayest wedding I've ever been to. And it was my wedding. Right. That's the dream. Pretty bitchin'. Yeah. Ugh. Queerly beloved. Queerly beloved. <laughs> 
we are gathered here today. I made Becca do all those puns, but she's not usually a pun person, but no, there were so many gay puns. It was, it was really expertly done and everyone was laughing. It was great. It was beautiful. It was fun. And your wedding makes me want to host a gay prom every year, but like, (gasps) yes, but for adults who went to Catholic school and are still a little bitter. (laughs) We're a little repressed. AKA me, my wife, all of our friends. All of the friends, yeah. The greater Sacramento region, (laughs) United States of America, multiple other countries where you're not allowed to be gay, probably. Come on over to our gay prom. You're all invited. Okay, don't these people know that if you want lesbians, well, okay, not to engage in stereotyping, but if you want lesbians to come to the party, you gotta call them and be like, all of our friends are going to be here. Mm-hmm. It'll be done at 9.30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're traveling in a pack. Yeah. There will be cider. Yeah. And other gluten-free options. And dairy-free snacks. Yes. And if you want the gay men to come, you have to be like, they will be hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> done. Boom. I think that's basically our ad campaign for our lesbian takeover nights. Like, listen. Yes. We're upscale. There's going to be beverages. The music's not going to be too loud. You can hear yourself have a conversation. I would respond well to that advertising. I do. Well, I mean, you haven't come to one of our events yet. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) What other kind of advertising would you respond to, Bronwyn? Um, Pictures of dogs. Pictures of cats. (laughs) Pictures of dogs snuggling cats. Pictures of dogs snuggling small chickens. Pictures of dogs snuggling ducks. Probably some other things. So, true story. Point of fact. In Uh middle school, my sister Jennifer was in... A dog photographer. No, No. but probably could have been if, like, cell phones had cameras back then, like, good ones. Uh, No, she was in the accelerated science class, and each year in middle school, they got to hatch a duck. Oh, how cute. Right, that was their science project. And so the kids whose parents said that they could got to keep their duck. (gasps) What? Yes. You could keep, okay, I did that in elementary school because I grew up in a small farming town, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but no one got to keep their duck. That's so cool. I want a duck. Wait till the rest of the story. So we get this duck and we lived on like two acres of like, horse property at the time we had three horses like two dogs two cats and now a duck well this little chick duck turned into a full-fledged duck and used to chase the cat around the backyard (laughs) (laughs) and you'd hear this cat like and the duck is quacking at it chasing its black little furry ass we are fairly certain that the duck turned the cat schizo and the cat ate its babies. <gasps> the cat ate its own babies? Its own babies. babies. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like wow. a very harsh lesson in the circle of life and like bullying in the animal kingdom. But it was we like have pictures somewhere circle. of this fucking duck <laughs> chasing a cat that's twice its size and the cat was petrified. Okay, well, I actually have a really good piece of advice for this exact situation. Oh, Lay it on me. Roasted duck is delicious. <laughs> yes. Full circle of life. There you go. And that's how we deal with bullying kids. Yeah. 
<laughs> about those controversial <laughs> things you were going to say. Oh, right, 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 right. Just beep this out or put. No, I want to keep it in. Okay. I'll well, edit it. You let me know if you like it. If you approve it, we'll release it. I'll probably just be like, yeah, put it on the internet. So if you don't recognize Bronwyn's voice so far, she is the voice of our intro music and our outro music. And she came up with the lyrics to The Moderators Are a Mess. <laughs> because I know the moderators. Yeah. Wasn't hard. To, didn't have to dig deep for inspiration there. No. <laughs> I, I was in her living room right there, 10 feet away. Uh-huh. They can't see you pointing, but you're still pointing. I love that. You guys, now I'm doing the, head, the lesbian head nod right over there. Right hey, over there. We were, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yes. I like when you're at work and you spy a fellow queer from across the parking lot. <gasps> oh my God, lot. it's so satisfying. Because then you both are like, oh my God. Well, one time on the internet, yeah. I read <laughs> someone who said, gays are like dogs. Where like when they see each other out in public, like in the wild, and they don't know each other, they're like, <gasps> another dog. And then they sniff each other and they wag their tails. And they're like, oh my God. But oh we don't God. lick each other's genitals They in do public. exist. <laughs> well, except for SF Pride. Right. Well, you know. But to each their own. It's gay Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. To each their own. But yeah, across the way at work, it's like, oh, the lesbian head nod. The head nod of like solidarity. You're like, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I might not ever know your name because you're still a hundred yards away from me, but I got you. <laughs> and I might run into you in a meeting one day. Yeah, Absolutely go us for even being able to be out okay hold on this is Bronwyn she did all of our music (laughs) you cut off your own intro (laughs) have you noticed that I'm uncomfortable having attention on me nope you're doing great okay so also what's great about this is we can edit it out (gasps) lovely and I'm still working on my editing skills but uh, I'm getting better I believe in you I've watched a lot of YouTube lately Mm, yeah Mm mm-hmm Yes, there's a lot of good things on YouTube and a lot of also dumpster fires. Oh, literal and figurative. Literal and figurative. Mm -hmm. It's true. There were dumpster fires at Berkeley. People would get angry and set fire to the dumpsters and shove them. (laughs) That that was their protest? That was part of the protest, yeah. Uh Tell us a little bit about Berkeley for people who are not familiar. Um, So I I went there for undergrad. This is a college and city in California. Very progressive. Yes. It was because up until then, I'd been going to an all girls Catholic school run by nuns. So it was a bit of a culture shock. But as someone who had, you know, had already come out, but like couldn't really be fully out because I could get expelled, mm. it was very refreshing. And I was definitely like, definitely went through a long slutty period, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was just a crazy wild time. I was telling somebody the other day about the co-op parties that used to happen there. And man, they were just so fucking wild. There's just nothing like that that you get to experience when you're an older and an older adult. And it's lovely. Yeah, we were saying the other day that our best crazy times might be behind us. Oh, it's such a weird feeling. But I think now we can have crazy times before 9:30. Before 9.30, sure. But also, we can afford to travel to other countries, ideally. Yes. 
and our wild and crazy times, we now have buddies that we're fairly certain will get us home safe. And if our buddy won't, at least Lyft will. Yeah. Or if something really bad happens, there are smartphones now. Years ago, like 10 years ago, we were at a party and we lost one of the girls. Lost her for like two hours. Couldn't find her. (laughs) We searched the beach because we were at a beach house. We searched the backyard. We searched every room. We searched like the bathrooms multiple times. We searched the bushes around the property. An hour after we had stopped looking, one of the guests knocks on our door and says, um... I found your friend. He had gotten two miles away to the gas station. And when he was pumping his gas, he saw our friend in the backseat of his car, passed out. (laughs) What? She was in the wrong car. Oh my God. (laughs) She was going to go take a nap in her car and got into the wrong car. (laughs) So like. Oh my God. Epic. Awesome. Thankfully you're okay. Thankfully that was a solid individual, but like, what the hell? Like that could not, nope, nope. That could have gone so many worse ways. (sighs) Yeah. Isn't it nice when people aren't complete and utter garbage? Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. That is nice. I think that that's my prerequisite for a friend. Don't be garbage. That's a good one. Also, everyone should just not be garbage. Everyone. Like, you shouldn't get a star for not being garbage. But, I don't know. The bar is so low right now. So low. I had a college professor, stupid-ass freshman, were asking for extra credit in a college class. And the professor was like, no, this is already the assignment. There's no extra. This is the work. And he just lays into this 17-year-old freshman, who I think he might have made cry, and he goes... You don't get special treatment for doing what you're supposed to do. (laughs) And the whole class was like, correct. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. But we just got out of high school and they give you extra credit for, you know, writing your name nicely. (laughs) Oh my God. That was not the high school I went to. I think that you should tell us about your wild college days. You don't have to share all the wild stuff, but Mm. I think... What our listeners could learn from you is, first of all, how to be your natural self. Mm. Second of all, how to talk to strangers. And then third of all, wherever your brain takes us. Oh, I'm into that. Wait, what was the first one? I already forgot. Well, (laughs) (laughs) how to be your natural self. Oh, okay, great. My natural self is forgetful. So lesson one covered. Boom. Um, God. Wow. I feel like... If I could change anything about being younger, and I think, you know, I tried very much, as much as I was able to at that time in my life to be comfortable with who I was. Oh, my dog is walking through and possibly knocking things over. You have to tell everyone about your dog so we can get more followers. Oh my gosh, Poppy is a beautiful rescue pit bull who's obsessed with and desperately in love with Katie, who is does not reciprocate and is constantly trying to be near Katie. It's perhaps the greatest untold, um, you know, unrequited love story of our time. So that's, that's Poppy in a nutshell. She's a beautiful angel. Um, she is perhaps the Poppy, get off Katie. Poppy, Poppy, get off. (laughs) Poppy off. Okay. (laughs) That did just happen. Um, and now I'm nervous. No, Poppy is super nice. 
a bit of energy. Yeah, she's got she's got a lot of energy. Is she still classified as a puppy? Oh, now she's trapped behind the cord. Uh oh. Poppy, go, go, go on. Also, I'm gonna have to say, mm-hmm. being named Poppy after the California Poppy, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, I would have expected her to be a golden brown, or a nice yellow, not. Black is the dark side of the moon. Black is the dark side of the moon. Beautiful. It's because my wife, Steph, wanted to name her, what was it? Oh, something weird. Because my wife is obsessed with native plants, which I respect. But Hello, it worked for Katniss. Amen. Did not work for Primrose. I love you, you big giant nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What did she want to name her? It was Buckeye. That was it. It was Aww. Buckeye. And I was like, no, because I'm going to call her Bucky. And that just, I don't like it. And I wanted to call her Pickles because it was so cute. Mm. So we compromise. And her name is Poppy, which I've also, I love that name. So you got the P sound. Mm-hmm. She got the native plant. That's marriage, folks. Yeah. That's a great compromise. I think so. We're both happy. Yeah. I don't even think that overall you guys need to compromise. Also, you guys, these two, Steph and Bronwyn, three is Poppy, are like the cutest, most nauseating little lesbians you've ever seen because not only do they just have like the most coordinated packing up a campsite routine that you have ever seen in your entire life, I kid you not. It's true. They just thought that their individual camping chairs could not possibly get close enough. So they brought a lounge, a couch. They brought a foldable camping couch that they snuggle up with around the fire when we go camping over summer. Yeah. So adorable. It's because Steph would be upset if we weren't snuggling. I don't think that it's just one-sided. Yeah, it's not. Okay. (laughs) Good. Way to play it tough, though. Yeah. Okay, so. <clears throat> so tough. Your authentic self, because you had to do your gay repression all in high school, but also, like. Oh, God, yeah. Forget being gay. You're outspoken. You have beliefs. You're strong-willed. You're educated. You're opinionated. Like, people can't hold you down. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. God, I feel like the best advice I could give someone is just spend less time worrying about what other people think of you. I just feel like the older I've gotten, the more I just care less about other people's perceptions of me and the happier I am. Like I just started a blog. Well, not really a blog. It's an Instagram devoted to my love of animal tracking and it's geeky as fuck. And I just don't care. I'm just happy. I'm just living my best life. Like just recently you started this? Yeah. Like just probably yesterday. That is awesome, and that explains why I don't know about it. <laughs> What's your Instagram? I'll go ahead and give you a um, plug. It's wild underscore attraction, but it's track is in the word oh. attraction because obviously I had to get a pun in there. Of course. Yeah, duh. I actually once competed in a pun competition. True no, story. you didn't. I swear to God. Was it a pun in the ass? <laughs> I don't want to pontificate on it, all right? <laughs> I almost got punched in the face because it got really punchy in there. 
But were you so clean after being on your soapbox for so long? Does that count? No, I think that's it's a not clever, my best work. I think that was a clever play on words, but it was not a pun. I'm really good at making like protest signs for a march. Yeah, that's a that's I and mean, meetup group names. That's what gets you laid in the lesbian kingdom. Let's be real. Sorry, queendom. Not me. Okay, JK. Well, now I'm rethinking my life. I'm actually not. I'm in a good place right now. I think you're doing great, right? Yeah, like on a scale of like it gets better to suicide, I think I'm right about the like, yeah, it's better. Is that the scale? <laughs> not, it could like not suicide or happy. <laughs> it's the only option is it gets better. Oh, well, as a, as a gay woman in America, I right, thought. No, fair. Yeah, we don't get that scale. <sighs> what is the skill? Because I feel like it's more of a grid too. I don't think it's just a sliding skill like up, downs or sideways. I think it's like a three dimensional. It's a matrix. <sighs> Not in terms of the 90s movie, but in terms of the mathematical definition. Mm-hmm. I would like to rewatch all of the matrixes. Is it? Ma- I think it's matrices. The matrices. <laughs> but if it's the title, is it still called that? Because it's. The plural of a matrix is matrices. Correct. But is the plural of a movie, are you allowed to just change it? I don't. The Matrix Trilogy. Oh, that was better. Mm. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. we go. Nailed it. Vocab. Because when like the second and third one came out, I was in all sorts of philosophy classes in college and I watched it with like fresh eyes. I was like, oh my God, this speaks to the sanctity of man and what it means to be a person. And it was so deep, but I was also taking 21 units at the time. And so I feel like I was just like constantly (laughs) mildly concussed. Like that's how my brain was operating. I was literally at school over 40 hours a week. In addition to the homework, I had my own table at the library where my friends knew where to find me, which once I realized that precious nerd, I was like, well, I'm going to switch it up so that my friends can't find me. And then I was like, no, I'm supposed to keep friends. Right. I'll stay right where I am. Good call. But <laughs> now I'll bring snacks so that they want to come study with me. That's how oh, I got college friends. So precious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just have weird feelings about the Matrix now because, I mean, I love the one-piece leather bodysuit. Carrie Ann Moss. Mm. Huge fan. But I am really like about the Matrix now because I feel like the alt-right has co-opted the whole like red pill thing. The Mm. men's rights group. That's not a thing. Well, but then, okay, then we have to take it back to like 1984, Mm -hmm. the book, not the year. Okay. Or We by Yevgeny Zamyatin. Same thing. I've never read that one. It's Russian. It's interesting it is like mm. very much along the same lines of 1984. However, it was written by a Russian mathematician <gasps> trying to tell a story. So it's it's very interesting. And you guys, I only know about this because I'm a little bit of a nerd, but also I had to read it for college and I liked it a lot. I did not have to read that, but I love math and I will read it now. Yeah, and the characters' names are like, one of the characters' name is, I think, O, like O whatever. And, and the mathematician is describing this woman who 
lives in a society that they don't even get names they get numbers as she's this like voluptuous curvy woman she has an o like even her name with the round letter is more representative of her body whereas like this guy over here is i whatever and he's very linear and straight and so there's a lot of layers on it Hmm. but i thought it was a really interesting book that was one of my favorite books that i read in college i think i'm gonna have to read that sorry about it but yeah like okay matrix uncle sam like any propaganda poster book movie commercial song ever Mm -hmm. is do you believe that doctrine or do you not right for any country throughout time and i think it's sort of like how much can you separate like art from artists or art from how it's interpreted and used in the world Mm. which is so muddled that is deep Want to hear a fun college story? Yeah. Okay, I was telling this one the other day. This actually happened the year before I moved into my co-op. They had this. What is a co-op? Explain. It's not a dorm. What no, is? it's like, so everybody pitches in to do chores and maintenance around the house. And you do that so that you can get cheaper housing because it's hippy-dippy. It's Berkeley. Berkeley's um, very hippie, you guys. Yep. yep. It's a good time. They have very good food, mm-hmm. good music, a sweet concert venue. Yeah. Great college. And hippy dippy AF. Yeah. It was great. Oh, and co-op. So we would like bulk order organic food and have it delivered and people cook different nights. It was really neat. But they would also have these like wild, just like crazy parties that were called room to rooms. And each room would pick a different theme and like decorate it in these different ways. And they also, the co-op I moved into had this disco party and in the dining area, there was this giant disco ball that spun. That's, um, I'm glad it spun instead of just sat there. I mean, it's a disco ball with a purpose. There you go. Yeah. Living its best life. It is living its best. That's the that's what every disco ball wants for itself. But anyway, so for to prepare for this disco party, they covered all the walls in tinfoil. <laughs> life tip, if you do that and there are a huge number of people there, you know, tinfoil like keeps heat in yeah so does it also did you have enough tinfoil to hold any kind of an electric charge great question can't answer that one that <laughs> didn't come up thankfully thankfully <laughs> thankfully <laughs> okay um but it, there were so many people there and there was tinfoil that it literally set off the fire alarm i'm gonna go ahead and put money on it that that night when you guys were all protected by the room of tinfoil, the rest of Berkeley was invaded by aliens, but the foil kept you and your party goers safe from I'm, the brainwaves. <laughs> That's a whole new take on the uh, tinfoil hat. Right. Yeah. I think it's just mm-hmm. like definitely you, you aliens. upsized it. Yeah. You cult sized the tin hat. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Carry on. The party. Right, so I think that part of the house had sprinklers built in. So the fire department was called, and and this these sprinklers went off, and it was so hot in there because that's to be really hot to set off fucking fire alarms. I'm sorry. Are you saying that the heat of your body temperatures in this tinfoil oven melted the seal on the fire sprinklers, and that's what got them off, or is there perhaps a chance that some drunk person put their lighter up there and set them off? No, like they, there was like a sensor that like, it was like too hot and it set off the sprinklers. That's very hot. 
Yes. And it also set off the fire alarm. So the fire department came, but by the time the fire department got there, everyone had taken their clothes off because it was so hot. And so the fire department shows up and there's just a bunch of like drunk, naked people and no fire. And the, the walls are covered in tinfoil. And they're probably like, What's a college party without drunk, naked people? Yeah. Partying under a disco ball in a room covered in tinfoil. Sounds badass. It was pretty great. At what age did you start acting more yourself? I think it's a gradual transition for everyone, like no matter how they turn out in life, right? And like our whole life we grow over time and we change as people. Like I'm a completely different person than I was even five years ago and I'm a, I've am i been a full-blown adult this entire time. So, yeah. you know, college years, very transformative. Any, any given five or 10 year span of your life. But to go from a kid who had to keep your opinions to yourself because private school mm-hmm. and forget even the religion attached to it, just private school in general yeah. to now you work in public policy and mm-hmm. you go to open mic nights and you spread your holy gospel all over the place. Mm. How did that happen? How do you gain the confidence? Like how did you Bronwyn go from a child? Were you ever shy to out and about? Yes. Those girls are lesbians. Let's go make friends with them. Yes. The, that guy seems cool. Let's go ask him his life story at a bar and like make lifelong friends with these people. Mm. Wow. Good questions. I feel like there's like, I'm going to try and keep it light. Cause there's definitely some heavy stuff wrapped in there for me. I think that's how you make the best of friends. I don't, I don't know how great of friends you can be without being vulnerable enough to let them in. Yeah. And I do think just because you and I have talked about it, I think some of the tribulations we've had to overcome just kind of, you know, mess with our sense of give self. a damn. Yeah. And yeah. our sense of self-worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it cuts both ways because it's sort of like having a really traumatic upbringing can like make you be like well i don't give a fuck like i've been through worse stuff what's the worst that could happen Mm -hmm. literally nothing as bad as anything i've ever been through oh except for 10 years later you find out your kidney doesn't work or that you have to get surgery on your lady bits because they're not working properly yeah that's worse (laughs) check been there Woo. um but yeah you get okay so should i tell the story of how we met yeah. Okay, well, that sparks some some. Yes. Input. Do I'm you want to tell your take first or should I tell my take first from our different perspectives? Oh my God, I want to hear your take first. Oh, okay. Um, so three years ago at this point? Wow, yeah, it was three years ago. Yeah. We're so awesome. We're so cool. Okay, first I'm so of all- I'm glad I'm pals with you. Me too, same. Aw, Steph. My wife is here and she's perfect. Yeah, she is. Anybody I ever date in the future, don't hold that against me. You would agree. I mean, Steph is subject. <laughs> anybody who meets Steph, she's like a human angel. Yeah. It's hard to be married to her sometimes because I'm like, I will never be as nice as you are. I think she's trying to tell you something, though. I know. She's looking lovingly in my face. Oh, This is like pure love. Do you want to hear the story of the day that we met Bronwyn? I will take 70% of the responsibility for bringing you into the fold, and I'll allow Steph <laughs> the other 30%. Sounds about right. Okay, great. So so we've been friends for like just over three years. We met just yeah. before Christmas at a meetup group. And my group of friends used to go to meetup to kind of refill our ranks. 
<laughs> so <laughs> got a refill on lesbians. Those lesbians are moving out of town for their long distance girlfriends. <laughs> It's real close to home. Yes. Lo- <laughs> love you, RJ and Tina. See you soon. Yeah. Kisses. So Yeah. So there was like five or six of my existing friends group and we went to this meetup in downtown Sacramento and most of the clientele was like a little bit older, a little mm-hmm. more, you know, seasoned, sophisticated, great. We are the young, sophisticated type of people that still like to... Wait, we're sophisticated? I'm drinking wine. Yeah. Yeah. $4 wine. But you're holding it like a champ. I'm sophisticated with a purpose. Also, ever since I broke my pinky finger, I have to drink like I'm bougie because my pinky oh, just sticks I thought that up. was just a choice, but no. good job. <laughs> like, good job. It, it forces me, especially when I was in that cast for that six weeks or whatever. Oh. So we're at this meetup and Steph and I, not wife Steph, different Steph, she and I make the rounds because we were the bravest ones of the friend group that was there that night. And so we go around the room, introduce ourselves. We're talking to everyone who like fits our mold of like, you look like you'd be cool to go camping with, or you look like you'd be cool to come play on our trivia team, whatever. And we're striking up conversations okay, with people. Ever. And one of the other people that we thought had promise, we kept trying to talk to her, but every single answer she gave to our questions came back to her cat. <laughs> I mean, relatable. <laughs> Every single one. What do you do for work? Oh, mostly just sit there and wait until I can come back home to my cat. <laughs> okay. Um, like, what do you do for fun? Well, um, I panic and I don't like to talk to people. And then I just think about going home and cuddling with my cat. So it's like, okay, well, we feel bad for you. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> We're going to keep coming back to you. We're going to give you a few minutes to think about what you do for work. We'll circle back in like 10, 15. <laughs> we came back and we're like tag teaming her. And then here comes Bronwyn. Bronwyn slides in on the couch and she's talking to some of the older folks and like well engaged in conversation. And so we're like, okay, she looks cool as hell. She's probably too cool for us. She definitely is in our age range criteria, but you were so enthralled in whatever conversation you were having that we're like, okay, we're not going to interrupt Bronwyn. And so Steph and I, we're there for like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. And so Steph and I do a final loop And we're like, okay, we've gotten everyone. We've gotten like this little crew of three or four people who's going to come with us. And we start going downstairs to leave the venue to go to like our own private after party for like round two of the tryouts to be in our friend group. And I was about to leave. I was downstairs and I was like, nope, I'm going to go back and get that girl. And so I came back upstairs. I'm so glad you came back to get me. That's so cute. I came back upstairs and I knelt down by you and like pretended to tie my shoe. And I was like, hey, I'm Katie. Do you want to go make friends with some cool people? We're about to do an after party at the pizza place across the street. And you were like, yep, yep. Sorry, gotta go. Nice meeting with you. Nice chatting with you. You packed up your uh, little helmet, your backpack. And you're like, yes. And you just followed us didn't even know who I was and we and you're gluten-free you don't eat you can't even eat pizza and you still came with us and that was like one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life and I was like yes because Bronwyn is damn cool and we all love her our entire friend group and so like at pizza is when we actually got to talk to these few people that we we met and like a couple of people in my friends group they liked the cat girl and the whatever but like in our overall fold of the friend group, like you and Steph made it solidly in. And it was because of that night. And it was like, nope, 
something told me like I need to go back and get her. Like she seems cool. <gasps> you oh. were brand new to Sacramento. You'd only been there like a couple months at yeah. that point. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you came and talked to me. No, I try and like I think for my own personal victory, I think like since that time, I have tried to be more welcoming to new people because it's hard to make friends and like it's if you have someone who is open and approaching you and is friendly, I think that's a lifeline and we all need that at some point, right? And people have done that to me too. And it's beautiful. You just gotta pass it on. I so agree. And I feel like especially in like the lesbian or queer women's community, like it can just feel hard to get into those spaces. And those spaces have sometimes it, at various places that I've been in have sometimes felt like clicky or I don't know, like elusive almost. I think girls in general are pretty clicky. Ugh, is that a stereotype say- though? Yes. What we used to say growing up, like if you have three boys in a room together, you come back in an hour and they're all three friends. You have three girls in a room and you come back in an hour and it's two against one. Hmm. It's like, yeah, it's this cutthroat weird, Hmm. you know, we can get into all sorts of anthropological studies about how that turns out. But I would bet money, no studies given here by Katie Cleary, that... Queer people are timid to make friends because a lot of us have been burned in the past by various different things. Yeah. And I also think like getting back to your question earlier, what makes me feel comfortable going up to people, like going up to new people and talking to them? Mm -hmm. Because I think I, like I didn't start out being comfortable doing that. Yeah, I think if you do start out that way, you are like a step ahead of everyone else. I think most of us don't start out that way. And I think some of it was like, you know, I'm not in that big of a community. And if I wanted, like, I've moved around a lot and I've had a lot of stuff going on at various points in my life. And it's like, if I want to be part of this community, like, I actually have to make an effort. And some of that means putting myself out there. And I also think, like, I started to think, God, like, why am I so afraid of feeling rejected? Like, Mm really like walk through like the worst case scenario like what would happen if i thought someone was really cool and wanted to get to know them better and they were like eh what is the worst thing that could happen yeah like i'm not a jerk or rude or creepy so no, not at all it's like if someone was just like eh you know i'm not feeling it i'd be like okay i understand and we'd both move on with our lives and that would be a bummer but in the long run like god those little things just aren't really that important Mm -hmm. you know you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay but if you never put yourself out there you're never going to like really have connection or have community or have any of the things that you want and I also started to think like fuck like why is it that gay men are so comfortable like being on grinder hooking up with guys at clubs and like queer women are so often like from what I've seen, have a harder time doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think so much of it is just that we're not socialized to be like, I want this. I want this friendship. I want this, you know, relationship or I want this casual hookup or whatever. So I'm going to pursue it. We're not conditioned to go after what we want. Exactly. We're conditioned to like sit and wait. So true. And then like, if you have women who are dating each other and you're just sitting and waiting... I mean, you're just going to be sitting and waiting forever. And, and I've seen that. 
Like, I've seen that fucking happen in the lesbian community. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if you could just let go of some of this stuff around, like, I don't know, not, like, being allowed to go after what you want. Well, and I also think one moment of bravery can lead to untold benefits. Absolutely. But one moment of bravery, let's say I went and I said, okay, hey, do you want to come hang out with me? And you said no. By three days later, I wouldn't have even remembered that that was a thing. Right. It wouldn't have been like, like we have this beautiful friendship of many years. Mm-hmm. And if I had been a drug and been like, I don't want to hang out with you. You would have just been like, fuck that girl. Yeah. And moved on with your life. Right. Wouldn't have batted an eye. Like it, it wouldn't have mattered in the long run. And I think it's so easy to get consumed with right now. This person might reject me. Yeah. And we all do it. Every single one of us. Like, you don't have to be gay. This is not a gay trait, right? Like, everybody, all humans have this fear of rejection on some level. And that's fine. Embrace that. But then also challenge yourself and go out and meet someone. And don't be afraid to say, hey, X, right? Like, the icebreaker you used the other day was you complimented some girl's leather jacket. And that just led us into a thing. Start with something positive. And go from there. And yeah. I think a majority of people, if you actually like let your guard down a half inch, they will meet you there and they will meet you with the positive attitude. And totally agree. I think there are more benefits than negative outcomes in terms of talking to a stranger at an event. I totally agree. And like, I think so often we have this fear, like because people have this fear of rejection, we like create I don't know, like stories about who other people are, or like how they're going to act or like, you know, because we aren't willing to put ourselves out there. Like, I mean, like when we were at this bar and we saw these people, we we're sort of like, oh, they're young. Like, who knows if they're really, are. they're going to think we're too old and we shouldn't be talking to right. them. Yes. Right. You guys, this actually happened like last Monday. Um, yeah. Steph and Bronwyn and I were, we met for drinks and when we were about to leave, these two girls came in and it was like, okay, well, we're pretty sure they're lesbians. And then one of us was they're like, making out. they're making out. Okay. <laughs> yep. They're probably lesbians. And we finally like on our way out, we stopped by the bar and we introduced ourselves and we're like, oh, Hey, like welcome to Sacramento. It turns out that they were new to the area too. And one of these young gay girls is like, no, we saw you when we were coming in and I wanted to make friends with you, but I was too nervous. Yeah. And that was, that like brightened my whole day. Yeah. I know one time somebody told me something that's just like stuck in my head. Like most people are just waiting to be asked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so true. And um, yeah, I think so much of it is just if we can like, not just queer people, but like anybody, if we can like, if we can let go of some of this fear of rejection and that like being rejected by someone once means this horrible thing about us then we can like be more open to connection with people and like be less consumed by fear. Well said. I think also if each rejection leads you to the people that you want to be around. Amen. Yeah. Cause God, there are some times where, I mean, you think that, I mean, this like, I feel like this happens all this, all the time with dating people. Like you have this idea about who someone's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into it, you're like, <laughs> Just kidding. This is not. Did not see that coming. Not going to work. Yeah. And that's okay. Like not everything needs to be the final answer. No. 
And we're supposed to grow and learn from each experience. Yeah. And if you're sitting out there listening, being like, I wish I had an ounce of courage. It's really not that hard. Like, just try it. If yeah. you're an introvert, like, I, you guys, you don't know this. I am an introvert. And not very many people know that about me. It's exhausting to go to events. But I have forced myself to do it and to learn how to mingle because we are social creatures. And at the end of the day, that's how you build relationships. And it's very hard to get through life by yourself. So find whatever trick works for you, whether you say, okay, I'm going to go to this meetup or I am going to go on this date or I'm going to message this person or at the next work conference I go to, I'm going to try doing this. Like whatever it is that you want to work on, do it. Give yourself a time limit. It's really easy to say, okay, I'm going to go, but I'm only going to go for two hours. And then once you're there, you're like, great. I only have to be there for two hours. You're still a little anxious, right? But as the minutes tick by, you get less and less anxious. You realize that we're all people. We have all been anxious. We have all been nervous to talk to new people. And all you have to do is say hi. Introduce yourself. And if the one person isn't really responsive, go to the next person. You're not entering into some relationship with them just by saying hi, just by trying to strike up a conversation. If you're nervous, practice in the line at the grocery store. Chat with your cashier for a hot second. I try and smile at people because you never know who's having a bad day and just smiling alone, just asking how their day is going can lead to a friendship. So just start in those little tiny things. If you are nervous to try and reach out to a new friend or a crush or anybody, a coworker, it just takes a minute, two minutes of confidence and- Or pretending confidence. Pretend it, fake it till you make it. That's a real thing. Fake it till you make it and you could get great friends out of it. And if you're one of our more confident people out there and you're interested in talking to people all day and you can do it all day long, make yourself an agent of change and connect people. Yeah, Like see that introvert over there in the corner and go help them, go talk to them, introduce them, like bring them into the fold. We're all adults. This is not a high school clique anymore. Oh God, thank God. Mean girls shouldn't be a thing. Like we're all in life together. We are all working together. And especially if you're in any kind of small community, queer, person of color, whatever, right? Single moms. Disabled folks. Disabled folks. Like if you're in a smaller community, go make friends because you do have a limited amount of resources of people who know what you have gone through. Amen. I totally relate to that because I'm an introvert too and- can feel so exhausting to like the prospect of going out and mm-hmm. people feel like you have to keep your eyes on the end goal, which is community, deep relationships. Mm-hmm. And you can only get there if you start by talking to people, which and talking to people you don't know, which kind of sucks. But like, I don't know. And I don't it, know what to tell you. Right. And it can be scary. <laughs> and but that's why you just start it in small doses. Yeah. And plan rewards for yourself afterwards. Like mm-hmm. when I have to do a lot of talking to people at work or something, I'll come home and like watch old episodes of the Golden Girls. Yeah, you do. Or drink some gluten-free beer, you know, like, or take a long bath and listen to Ella Fitzgerald. You do whatever you need to do. And let us know what you guys do to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are three solid answers right there. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do? I started a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, what podcasts, do I do? What's it about? Well, <laughs> it's called Out to Adult. It's like oh, How yeah. to Adult, I'm, except for like a lot of us are pretty gay. And oh everything God, that a gay, gay person does, you have to slap a rainbow on it. Yeah, of course. Yep. So you'll notice our logo is a martini with a gay twist. That's cute. That's super cute. That was some good wordplay. It wasn't a pun, but good wordplay. I know, man, that pun battle. Oh my God. I have a story about that. Okay. For another day. I feel like that's some solid advice for you, you introverts. Yes. And you guys, a lot of women are introverts. Yeah. You guys, as men, encourage women to speak in public spaces. Yeah. For example, by occasionally being quiet and not talking over them. What? (laughs) (laughs) On, On another episode of Out to Adult, Bronwyn's rage at the patriarchy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, good times. (sighs) Just pour one out for women's suffrage. Slash suffering. Yeah, I think that deserves a whole one of those bottles you got. I got about at least 30 bottles left. I think we can pour a $4 bottle of wine out for women's suffering. Definitely. I'm on board with that. Yeah. And as always, everyone, if you have comments, questions, if you want more tips, let us know. We're on Facebook and Instagram and all that. We're all new to this. I don't really know all of the social media yet, but it's a learning process. (laughs) And we're all friends here and we've all been... In shy places, we've all been in really brave places. So And in awkward places. Oh, the awkward places. Yeah. Oh, man. We should do an episode that's all about your most awkward date stories. Mm-hmm. And we could do user stories. No, that's business. What are we going to do? We're going to do listener stories. <laughs> we don't need to do a um, agile business. project framework, do we? No. No. no? Take your business hat off. Put your podcast gay fedora on. (gasps) We've laughed. We've cried. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Out to a dog.